Hey y'all, this is Jasmine Castile and I am going to start a brand new podcast called Hands Off My Podcast. This true crime podcast is for the lost voices of family or friends. They have the story of their loved ones that are or were unalived, missing, human trafficked, or exploited because of being a person of color and would love to share your story. Please contact me at handsoffmypodcast at gmail.com. Let's make your voice no longer the voiceless. If you fall in my community of LGBTQ2 spirits, Asian American Pacific Islander, Black Indigenous people of color, then you're my people. Or if you like to follow and share on any of your listening podcast apps. Dios te bendiga. Today's guest is Chelsea Elliott, organizer of SomoCom Lab. She shares her story of overcoming a mental challenge that dealt with since childhood and created a game to help families normalize the conversation around emotions. Topics of discussion, emotional intelligence, mental health, parenting, motherhood, journaling, and gratitude. Please give a warm welcome to ever-blessed Chelsea Elliott. Hello, Chelsea. Hi. Someone referred me to you and I was thinking, this is so inspiring, like what you're doing. Um, so it's just like, I love that because I'm so humble in what I do. I love to see other people grow. And that to mm -hmm. me, it's like a win-win because I get to see see that like flourish and bloom in front of my eyes and I'm partaking in it. So it's like, oh my God, I feel so good. <laughs> oh so. my gosh, I love it. Oh, I just love it. I hope you interview yourself because- Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. We can go and dive right in and get this, this party started. Let's do it. So I'm completely like open for whatever you want because it's all about you, girl. So let's- It's whatever uh, you think is best. That sounds great. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Somocom Lab. I signed up for that. And oh, did you? Yes, because I thought that was like an awesome uh, organization that you have. Tell me more about that and, and uh, share a little bit about uh, how that all started for you. Yeah, so Somocom Lab, it stands for Social and Emotional Communication. So, you know, we're coming up with funky, cool names now because all the other names are taken. So, <laughs> uh, but it's it's something that I think is missing in a lot of families and a lot of like, especially COVID brought out a lot of things that it brought out a lot of vulnerability in people that they did not really want to face before. And so being able to communicate better with kids is something that I think is, is huge right now. They're going through a lot. We're going through a lot. They're seeing and experiencing things that other generations haven't had to deal with before. And even outside of that, I think that a lot of families communication could be better. So all of my education and my background is in working with kids. And I've always said, 
um, I need to work with the families because I could do all this work with the kids, you know, in whatever environment we're in together, but they're going to go home to their family and that's who they're going to grow with and who they're going to really pick things up from. So Simulcom Lab is all about making um, social and emotional learning fun, helping to build stronger communication between families, between educators and kids, and then giving kids a voice um, I always feel like I, I'm, I am their voice in this moment, but I'm also giving them a voice. I'm trying to help them develop that vocabulary. So I created a game called the EQ Kids Crew to help give them the words for their feelings and emotions. It gives them a definition. They get to act it out and do different things with it and then learn about a coping strategy for whatever that emotion is. And so uh, just a fun way for kids to learn uh, emotional intelligence, behavior regulation, all those fun things with yeah. their families or in the classroom. Yeah, that is amazing because and like I, I can hear in the background, she's got a voice on her. So she does. <laughs> so you're giving you're yeah. giving your your child a voice, and I love it. She's such a sounds so precious in the background. <laughs> Thank I you. I love it. So. Um, yeah, because I mean, I have and my nine year old is a SPD child. So if you don't know what that is, it's a sensory processing disorder child. He's he falls on the autism spectrum and very vocal when he was doing his IEP and when he was doing the 504 plan. There was a lot of things that part of that was the emotional emotional disorders or emotional behavior issues. And I love that you have something that parents and teachers can go to. And that is such a passionate chosen field for someone. So like, when did you first become passionate about this field? Oh, gosh, I have always loved children. Uh, the very first child outside of my siblings that I babysat it's a little boy. Uh, he's now 21 and he has Down syndrome. And we didn't really think anything of it. We just taught him different things. We introduced him to our pets and just loved on him and helped him, you know, grow and develop. And it was just something that I absolutely loved to do. I loved helping his mom and, you know, just being a support for someone else while watching this super awesome kid. And so as I was going through school, I always wanted to do something around psychology um, but then I found social work and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. So I'm so grateful that I was able to, to work in social work because that was definitely the path that I needed. Wow. So did you get your BSW? I have my MSW and MSW. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That is awesome. Thank you. So in, um, like you mentioned, you created a game to help families normalize the conversation around emotions. Now, can you tell me exactly, did this start around the time that you were, like you just mentioned, the wonderful child friend that you had gone a good relationship with back in your time um, years ago? Is this something that came out of that or did that come around the time that you started into motherhood or parenting or how did this all begin this game that you created like I love that because I was thinking I was looking at like I would definitely do that yeah so it's it's a compilation of decades of mental health challenges and struggles and my love of children so it's just been years in the making but I have a five-year-old 
and I wrote uh, a book for her. I was writing a book series for her. So there are two books in the series so far. And before I finished the second book, they're on emotions about her. So the first one is Natalie, the monster slayer. It's, it's talks about fear, being brave, you know, being courageous. So being brave when you're afraid, mm-hmm. understanding what those feel like in your body, what it might look like in your body. And then, um, you know, saying it's okay to be scared. I can still be brave in this. And so I wrote that book for her. And then, and that was last year, like last October. And in January, I had this vision of a game and I was like, have I seen this somewhere? Like, why is this in my head? Where is this coming from? So I was Googling and on Amazon and like looking for this game. I'm like, I haven't seen this anywhere. So let me just get this out of my head. So I created this out of my brain and was like, oh, this is a real game. And that's how it came about. (laughs) And within like a month, I had a prototype of it. And then someone gave me a a suggestion, like, oh, you're going to need a boy version because it was just about my daughter. And I was like, not making a different version for all the variations of kids. And I came up with this diverse group of kids called the EQ Kids Crew, who represents a whole wide range of children. I have some disabled children, I have a non-binary child, um, you know, just different kids so that they can see themselves in this game and other children can also have empathy for kids who don't look like them. So it really began because of my children, but it also like my why, the reason that I really came up with all of this is because I didn't have that emotional support when I was younger. And we had a really big move when I was a little kid and nobody really talked to us about it. And so now I feel like I'm avenging my younger self. She's able to go out and tell people, because, you know, we all still have our younger selves in us. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, My younger self is still able to go out and say to adults, hey, this isn't fair. The way that you're treating this child isn't fair. And there's a different way to do it. So let's let's work on that. And it's been very wonderful. The response has been so great. The game is on pre-order right now, but um I've had different interviews and been able to talk to different people about it. And the response has been amazing. And the best part about that is knowing that people want to change for their kids. They want children to have a voice. They don't want to see it as them talking back, but as them advocating for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they want to release themselves of the, the ego that holds them back from letting their children be who they're supposed to be already. So that is the most exciting part for me. But this is really just decades in the making. <laughs> Really. Wow, the combination of this everything. Thank I, you. Yes, I am like super kudos for you to even have the the opportunity to even do and create something that seems like in dire need of society and the children that we have here in you know the states as well as to even have the thought of this could be a universal opportunity and i bet it probably is in the works for that so that i am so excited to see that come out and come to where you know it'll be in every home you know that's the whole goal right so yeah and next you know the next generation would have thanks to chelsea you know to have a game that is beneficial for their their emotional well-being and and understanding about their <laughs> she's so cute. She's saying I love you. Oh, amo. <laughs> Just the thought of having kids to understand and feel comfortable about their emotions that they are. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to you know be sad. But how do you go around and 
using it constructively or using it towards a beneficial way without hurting yourself or hurting other people. So, I mean, this is going to be amazing. I'm all for it. I definitely think that it should be highly recommended um, for all families with children. And I mean, there's even people who are adults who might even might benefit from it as well. I mean, that'd be pretty cool if you actually had an adult version. I mean, they have I know, somebody asked for a dating version. I was like, well, really, the only thing that's for kids about it are the little characters on it. But everybody can benefit from learning their emotions. So mm-hmm. I got permission from the creator of the feelings wheel, which is, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people haven't seen it before, but I've been using it forever. But it's a wheel that has 130 emotions on it in three levels. And wow. so I created kid friendly definitions for all of those emotions. But the family version of the game just has the first two levels so it's just 48 of those and not all 130 because I didn't want it to get too big and overwhelming but um it's for everybody it's for everybody that's awesome it should be like um ages between three to 95 I think they even have you know what I'm saying because it's for everyone yeah 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 absolutely that is beautiful I love it I'm so excited for you. And I'm like, uh, you know, I just met you. And this is amazing information to just like, I just want to get you out there. It's so exciting to even have, this is an opportunity for other people to just share and listen and say, oh my gosh, wow, Chelsea, you go girl. So, um, and I believe that you had mentioned on your guest forum that you had some of the reasons, and I believe it's kind of a root to everything, is that our mental challenges that we have in our lives as a child and everybody's had a little tidbit of here and there from one scale to a thousand. You said you yourself has overcome mental challenges uh, that you dealt with since childhood. So how did you overcome these challenges? So I am a huge believer in therapy. Um, I did a lot. I was on medication for a long time. And when I found out that I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, I wanted to get off the medication just for myself and really work on what was going on with me. So I started gratitude journaling and saying a lot of affirmations and just trying to do more mental work for myself. And that completely, I, I had... I had some real deep issues, had a lot of depression, anxiety since I was a little kid, suicide ideation, eating disorders, all kinds of stuff. And that broke me from a lot of it. Like I still have my moments, but it's not like I'm literally relearning myself because my brain doesn't go to that extreme anymore. So I have to I have to balance out like, oh, I don't feel that bad, but I still need to take care of this before it gets to that point. So it, it's it's been, again, decades of dealing with this stuff and then finally saying you know what you have to work on this you can do it and you really can do it you just it's a lot of work it's a lot of mental work and then mental work can be very exhausting it's unraveling it's unraveling something that it's like a package given to you that's been put in a box within a box within a box like a prank like a like a little prank joke and you're you're the one that's supposed to unduct tape this and go through the multiple boxes to find the true gift that was given to you it takes a process and we're all on different levels of unraveling who our true self is because we've been boxed in and boxed in with all these different types of levels of how we were raised what type of circumstances of environment 
who our siblings were, how our parents treated us, what kind of um, society we were brought up in, our culture, our diversity, our ethnicity takes a toll on our statistics of whether we're going to be in jail or if we're going to be successful or whichever. I mean, the constant unraveling of this gift that was given to us is just time consuming to the point where some people just give up in the middle of it. And, you know, they're in their 50s and 60s and 70s, and they're still fumbling that gift trying to figure out is there even even something in there or is this like a big old prank that someone's like gonna say haha good luck figuring it all out because it's just it's so emotionally stressful for us to go through and try to recondition ourselves to say we are worth something we are beautiful we are strong we are worth it yeah. You know, instead of someone constantly telling us the complete opposite, we have to break all those codes, break all that, that toxicity that has yes. been embedded and it's been almost considered a normalized way of living. Um, believe me, girl, I'm talking from true facts because I'm yes. still working with it. I love to meet other women, specifically uh, women of color, to sh- shine that beautiful gemstone of their of their soul and their life and journey to me as well because it's like it's not just me mm-hmm. has gone through that and mm-hmm. we use our chaotic turmoil what you call tumultuous life and we create it in such a into a beautiful garden of eden in a sense that's how women are women are built to make sh- into fertilizer you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then grow absolutely amazing trees or flowers or whatever needs to grow in that. We've made gardens out of the the absolute hell that we've been through. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. So that's just I want to hug you. Like, (laughs) like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like, oh no, it's okay. And that so like that self-awareness requires a vulnerability that so many people refuse to go through because they don't want to be seen as weak and they don't want people to see them as a victim or right. as a failure. But none of that is true. None of it's true at all. Victims should never be blamed for the things that they have been put through themselves. I do hold people accountable for their healing and for what they do with the situations that they've been in. But you are not at all at fault for anything that happened, period. I don't care what you did that made them want to do. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. No, you are not at fault. No victim is at fault for what happens to them. But they are definitely accountable for the healing that they have to go through in order to be a whole person again. Absolutely. I will say the forgiveness piece, that's a tough one because forgiveness isn't it's not even about the other person. They don't ever have to know that you've forgiven them, Mm -hmm. but it's to clear your heart and make room for other things and other people that deserve to be in there. Because when we are unforgiving, and I've had to deal with this too, when we're unforgiving, we hold that grudge so tightly that Mm -hmm. other bonds can't be made in there Mm -hmm. because something is just blocking it. So we got to release that stuff at our own pace, on our own time, but just know it's not even about them. It's about you and you being able to truly move on because you can move forward, but if you can't move on, you will always be bound to that. You will always have that blocking. So 
just remember that forgiveness isn't it's not for them at all it's all about you yeah that's exactly what we're talking about too so that is Mm -hmm. spot on spot on so speaking about because i know i think i want to roll this into my question because i think this is a perfect moment to do this what's the most courageous thing you've ever done the most courageous thing i've ever done Oh, there's so many, but I will say, oh no, the most courageous thing I think I've ever done is going to grad school because I moved to Massachusetts with my then boyfriend, now husband of seven years, and we had just started dating earlier that year. Oh, wow. (laughs) We had just started dating. Like we talked a little bit the year before that, and then we lost contact and connection. And then he came back and I was like, I just got this letter, like a month later, I think I got this letter saying I got into grad school in Boston and we live in Ohio, but I'm leaving. I told you this when I met you. I'm not staying in Ohio. Here we are back in Ohio, but I said, I'm going to Boston. He was like, well, I guess I'm coming with you. I'm like, we've been dating for a month, but okay. So we planned everything out. We saved our money and he and I drove a truck with my car hitched to the back to Massachusetts. And it was just us. Yeah. That was the craziest thing. Yeah. It's like now or never y'all now or never. (laughs) That's how I felt about Wisconsin. Like I will not leave this place unless I literally jump in and just do it. That's exactly what you have to do sometimes. It is scary because if you're so used to being in one spot, it it becomes comfortable. You know, any. So that is cool. I'm that's that is a pretty amazing (laughs) thing. Yeah. And so far, so good. And then you went back to Ohio. (laughs) Yes, we're, we're back in Ohio. Well, so we I mean, I was what, 50 miles away from my family. He lived in the same town with his family. And then we moved 900 miles away. So oh, wow. it was hard to come back, you know, to visit and for holidays and all that. So I was like, okay, as soon as I graduate, we got to go. So two days after I graduated, we were on the road back to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is yeah. so interesting. Well, at least you have a partner in crime. You're, you, oh, your boyfriend gosh. who is now husband of seven years. That is that is golden for sure yeah for we learned sure. a lot about each other about how we work together like if anything goes wrong or happens we know exactly where like i know my part you know this part we just do the thing and we're good to go but it was courageous because i was going to grad school i had no clue what i was going for i had no clue why i was there i did not have a plan for when i graduated and then i'm out here with this guy that i just started dating and i'm like why lord what am i doing <laughs> what is happening it was all oh it was all written before you knew it it it's, was and it was perfect see perfect. exactly you were on the right yeah. track yeah So one last question, and I think I know you and your daughter will enjoy to hear this beautiful answer. What is the single most important talent would you like your daughter to have? The single most important talent I would like my daughter to have, both of my daughters to have, is always knowing their feelings, always knowing their emotions. And just emotional intelligence as a whole, being able to understand them in other people and then in themselves. Because if you can do that, you can navigate any situation, you can work with anybody at any point in time, and you can get through your challenges a lot better. So I thought on that question pretty hard and I was like, that's that's really what it is. Like mm-hmm. I legit just want them to be the most emotionally intelligent people in the whole entire world. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all we want. I mean, the most simplest things that we want for our children 
And that's it. We don't ask for much. I mean, as a mother, like, we'll make sure they have five fingers and five toes on each hand and each foot. And then this, you know, so we're good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. And if they don't have all their fingers and toes, no problem. I just want them to navigate life with, you know, with what they got. But yeah, yeah knowing their emotions, I always said, like, my daughter couldn't read or write. She's going to know how she feels. I always said that. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Like, you will know how you feel. Exactly. Even if you can't spell your name. She can do all that stuff. But oh, still. For, yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> I mean, that's all all around well-rounded child. And it's just being an honor to be having a, a mother like yourself, just raising beautiful children like that with that goal and that ideal and the passion that you have and the importance of having the emotional um, stability and stuff like in this world that we have it's just chaotic and we need that yeah. <laughs> we need that reinforcement of our children to have such good qualities bring coming into this environment society it's just yeah yeah and talking about the world that we live in like you know I feel like kids get a lot of crap for the stuff that they do and the things that they're into and how they respond to 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 technology and the things around them but I'm like they didn't create this stuff mm-hmm. they didn't make this they they weren't the ones that created the internet or Fortnite or you know whatever they're doing like they're just playing it because they have access to it because the adults around them gave them access so I don't think it's fair that kids get blamed for these things I think that they need to be taught healthy ways to navigate the world and how to have a balance in that. But I just hear more bashing and more, you know, that generation is so awful. They're really not. They're just a product of their environments. And right now the environments are full of tech. My children are on technology all day. I have a one-year-old and a five-year-old. It is what it is at this point. We're in a pandemic, but I can't fault them for that. I can't get mad at them for that. Like I gave it to them. They have access to it because of us. So if I want to change that, I need to change that. But I can't yell at them. I can't tell them that they're bad kids. I can't, you know, say that their generation is awful because of it. So I think that kids just get a bad rep for things that aren't even in their control. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I cannot hold any of that against you because I have a child exactly like that, like I just mentioned. For the listeners, can you tell me exactly if they wanted to know more about this SomaCom lab? Where would they be able to have, uh, you know, get more information about it and how they're able to reach out to you? Yeah, so they can go to somocomlab.com. It's S-O-M-O-C-O-M lab.com or find me on social media at somocomlab on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. And they can find out more about the game. They can find out more about me. They can, you know, message me. They can get the game if they want to. Um, I also... I have a mother who has a three and a half year old son who's been using it. He has autism and she absolutely loves it. They use it almost every day because she's been teaching him more words and more about his um, emotions. And, it, you know, he has his moments, but she said that it's just been so helpful. It's, it's one of her most favorite tools that she has. She considers it like their map to figure out, you know, and problem solve whenever they need it. So definitely um that's what i'm i'm hoping to do for other families for sure yeah and yeah i'm so glad to have you on here because we want to i want to boost this for sure like i said i want this in every household that has a child i mean even if they're for any adult who is interested in playing this 
this is very beneficial for as a well-roundedness for our society. So I am so honored to have you as a guest, Chelsea, to have this opportunity to learn more about the Somacom Lab. And this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor to be on here with you and your amazingness. Yes, thank you. It looks like she calmed down after a while. I think if I was talking to her. My husband got them. Oh, <laughs> good. She's Any clothes like, you yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did I miss anything that you'd like to also share to the listeners? My, my goal or my mission is to give kids a voice by helping them articulate how they're feeling and manage those feelings in a healthy way so that if they're having any, you know, if they're, if they're feeling strongly about something, the message doesn't get lost in their behavior. It's found in their voice. And I'm hoping to help other adults see that children's voices matter, that they are meaningful and that they're necessary so that they can grow up to be emotionally intelligent adults who can articulate how they're feeling in situations that do not serve them and that they're not taken advantage of and treated, you know, mistreated because they weren't taught how to advocate for themselves when they were younger. So it starts in infancy. It starts in the womb, but it's never too late to teach them these things. So that's my hope for the future. That's my hope for all families, all households, all parents and teachers and anyone that works with children or has children that they love in their lives. So that's me. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and one last thing. Is it in different languages or is it currently in just English or how is right now it's in English, but I am going to be reaching out to some translators to see if I can get it translated. I have been asked multiple times for French for Canadians and there are people all over the country or not even the country, people internationally that are really excited to get the game as well. So I'm going to see what languages I can work this in. Nice. See where it goes. Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and put some information in the show notes. So we'll have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy your family and husband and beautiful children. And um, we will talk soon and we'll stay in touch. Yes, for sure. Thank you. See you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Noise Blue Zion podcast. If you yourself is a small business owner, entrepreneur, musician, or artist, or liked what you heard, please share and follow. I am on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, or contact me at www.jasminecastillovoice.com and stay tuned for the next upcoming episode.